if I had to drive a stake in the ground and say, this is the message to learn in this, you have to trust that you will be the person you want to be. You'll be the person in the future that is the best version of you, even though everything may be different, you're trusting that you'll still make the best decisions and create the best happiness then. I can be the same person at my center, but I'm gonna still be very open-minded to all the newness that I may not even anticipate. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. Today, I want to talk about something that I can't even really title well, because I don't know what this is, but I'm calling it the immutable you, the immutable you, because you're not immutable, yet you think you are, and yet you kind of are, and it's a really weird dichotomy slash continuum that just ebbs and flows throughout our lives. And I'll, I'll explain it the best I can, Tyler, in that um, if you were to ask my wife, Tracy, are you the exact same person you were when I met you when we were 19 years old? She would say, yes, I am. And I would say in so many ways at her core, she is. I mean, her personality, psychology, her strengths, Everything about her, she is 100% the same person. And yet 33 years later, 34 years later, she is totally not that same person. And, you know, there is tremendous growth and maturity and worldview change. Just everything has changed. If she could have forecasted her life back then, like this is where I would be. This is where I would say she's like, yeah, nothing happened like I thought. Um, but I love it. Here I am. So I want to talk about that because I think there are some massive, massive implications even to our fitness lives, you know, my intentional life of health, my career as a pro bodybuilder that has, you know, lifting started when I was 11 years old and now I'm in a totally different place. Core values still there, but different. So I don't know if you've ever thought about this, just in that there is so much of you that is constantly changing the future you maybe somebody you wouldn't even recognize today. And yet here we are kind of unchanged. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you had uh, talked to yeah my 18 year old self, you know, I'm 30, I'm 34 right now. Uh, yeah. I would have never predicted that I would have been here. And sometimes I still like, I'll talk with staff and it's just like, I, I never thought this is where I would be. This is what I would be doing with my life. Like, I just, yeah, it wasn't even on my radar at the time. And just, it wasn't even a, a possibility. And I think, you know, you're kind of talking about, you know, Tracy and how she's the same, but the, not the same, but where she is at in life, you know, was not what she ever thought it would be. And it's kind of just like, kind of cool about the, the randomness of life where it's like, you all of a sudden have this this moment and like so for me like it was Steph right and you can kind of look back on those moments and it, like it changed the whole trajectory of your life and it's like it put you down at a certain path where you know you still are that basic person right those core principles that like, I think you know that nature versus nurture and like I think you know we are still going to have those core principles but like those little moments in time kind of like put ourselves on a different trajectory where kind of the, the, 
the nebulous of those core values is able to like change and evolve and adapt as you kind of go through those points in life and like those experiences. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, that's kind of what I was thinking as you were talking about that and how it's just kind of so cool where, yeah, those experiences can kind of just change things, but you still stay the same, but you evolve. Like it's just this kind of almost like randomness that occurs that you're just kind of on this journey. <laughs> what, do, what does nebulous mean? I meant like, I like that word, it, it, the nebulous, like I kind of, in the sense of like, you know, there's this core value of you, but I think it kind of goes on a continuum. Right. And it can change and like that. The core value may not necessarily change, but maybe the, the outer part of it changes. Is that, is that making sense? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I'm, it, I'm slightly um, joking yeah, in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I think it was kind of an astronomy term, which may or may not be correct, but what you said about it is yeah. really a super central part of my thought process in this, in that the core of you is the same, but the maturing and the changing and so forth. I think that's where if I had to drive a stake in the ground and say, this is the message to learn in this is that you have to trust that you have to trust that you will be the person you want to be. You'll be the person uh, in the future, that is the best version of you, even though everything may be different, you're trusting that you'll still make the best decisions and create the best happiness then. And and here, here's an interesting way to describe that. When I was a young bodybuilder, every once in a while, kind of in the prime of my life, just strength, everything, I would look at people who were aging and they couldn't lift the same, they couldn't do things. And I would feel profoundly sad, like, oh my gosh, that's that would be awful. Good thing that's never going to be me. Good thing I'm going to be squatting 600 pounds when I'm 90 years old. Um, <laughs> but there's this blindness to reality and yet in inevitable sadness about the change and the potential decline. And what I didn't realize at the time, but I learned to, is that your wants, your desires will evolve and that core will be there. Like I will always live a life of movement and activity and health, but I don't even want those same things anymore. It's not that I look at them in the rearview mirror with sadness. It's they don't even excite me. Like they, I'm glad they did when I was 16 and 24. And, and that's what you really have to trust that I, I can be the same person at my center but I'm going to still be very open-mindedness to all the newness that I may not even anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you kind of have to then, you know, it kind of follows the same line as, as kind of what you were saying for just even me and, you know, going through and starting this most recent contest prep, like I very quickly learned that was not something I wanted anymore. And, you know, it certainly was a, a struggle because it's like, well, do I not want to do this because I'm lazy <laughs> or do I not want to do this because I truly don't, you know, enjoy this part or the having this aspect anymore. And, you know, it, it took a lot of kind of wrestling back, back and forth. But it, again, you know, it kind of just came down to all of a sudden there was like an emotional and a logical click where it was like, okay, no, like this does make sense. Like this does click with, who I am, what I consider important in my life in regards to fitness and my time, what I'm prioritizing, you know, all of those things, you know, but it took 
you know, it took three or four weeks to kind of really work through that and to kind of challenge myself to make sure I wasn't just making this decision because I just, you know, I just didn't feel like doing the hard work or, or whatever, you know, a prep does entail. So it, it's not, it's certainly not an easy thing. And there is almost that trust comes with experience <laughs> of, of starting to make those decisions and, you know, kind of analyzing them on that post decision and, you know, checking in with yourself and, you know, your emotions and how it, and how it works, you know, with, yeah, what, what you're continuing to evolve your kind of core principles or not maybe evolve, but like mold them and refine them and, and really kind of get to have a much better picture of kind of truly what those are. Yeah. I, I have long had this mantra in my head, live well, die well, live well, die well. And that was part of my interface and reaction to death anxiety and the curse of consciousness, which is mortality, looming mortality. And of course, along the way, I've had parents, I've had friends who have died, uh, who have had diagnoses like cancer, and you see them in decline. And I've always just thought for the sake of my own mental health and perennially as a parent, as a father, I've thought if I'm ever faced with that situation, I want to be an example to my kids that I'm going to live my last few days, my last months, you know, if I had that kind of a terminality, um, you know, dying well. But what I never really inserted in the middle there was transitioning well, aging well. It was kind of like living to your fullest, totally functionally happy versus death. And now as I'm seeing like, wait, I'm I'm making these transitions, some of which I think are forced upon us because of age and time and circumstances, even things like kids leaving home, empty nest. And yet some of those as much of a grind as they are, I'll tell you one little story here in a second. Um, you, you have to, with full acknowledgement and awareness, plan ahead for those and literally have that kind of a mantra, live well, die well, live well, age well, die well. Um, our, our youngest son uh, was uh, our 24 year old son, Trey, you know, girlfriend now last remaining child really at home, you know, not living at home that much anymore, staying a lot more nights away from home. And it was like, Oh my gosh, like all of a sudden with four kids and fully emptiness syndrome is setting in. <laughs> And my wife and I both went through a full week of like isolated trauma. There were times that I had like cried and dealt with this and she was doing the same thing. And neither one of us knew that about each other. Then we had this talk and like, well, shit, you were feeling that way. Like, why didn't you tell me? Um, but it's like, but I think we yeah. both, because we had kind of practiced that and talked about it with our other three children, you, you kind of, you know, you know, it's coming and. And it's there and it's tough, but you still find your way around it. And you end up on the other side in a perfectly fine but different place because you had already thought about the immutability of who you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, eh, change is going to happen whether you like it or not. And it's almost, you know, it, like you're saying, it's better to be prepared for it than to not, than to almost kind of put your head in the sand or, and, and just kind of ignore it and, and live that just, you know, blind life, right? We talk about black and white and religion versus non-religion and open mind, closed minded. Like there are going to be those differences there where, 
um, you know, change is going to happen. And, you know, if you're going to resist it to, you know, certain points where, like I said, you, you're sticking that head in the sand, man, it's going to make it a whole heck of a lot harder for you to, uh, you know, change and evolve. And it's just not going to happen. And I think then you almost kind of then start to have, you know, almost like you said, like for the sake of your mental health, like that can be a tough place to be because I think there is something to be said about like almost tricking yourself into a decision that you think is, you know, the right one. And you so bad, you know, want to convince yourself it's the right decision or, or what have you when, you know, internally, like you can, you know, it's, it's just not right. It does not fit, you know, with who I am. And I think it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, you said live well, die well, or live well, age well, die well. It's the same question of, you know, every time I'm in something, I'm like, does this fit with like what I want and who I am? And like, I'm kind of always asking that because living well means making sure that, you know, I'm doing the things that are going to be core to me and, you know, core to my happiness. And, you know, being open to those changes and, and, you know, like we've been talking about evolving as we go along, but it has even for myself become such a mantra of like, okay, like for the limited time that I have, not just on this earth, but in a day, what is my energy being put towards? You know, what is my time being put towards? Like, you know, cause that is going then to just drive, I think everything else and drive evolution of, of, your change. I think it's almost just going to lead to even more positive changes than you kind of almost have some control over. Have you ever thought about, because I know you have a father, I'm guessing you've had grandparents, maybe friends, friends of the family. Have you ever thought, you know, when I'm 60, when I'm 75, like that's what I want to be like, like that person, I I really like that, that person's perspective. And, and that's what I'm going to be like. No. <laughs> okay. So, so I have, uh, and, and, and maybe even earlier, I, I swear. I mean, like, parts of it, like, yes, there's like, there's parts that I enjoy, but there hasn't been like one singular person where it's like, yes, everything. Well, I, I mean, I'm telling you from the time I was five, six years old, I have had a weird, like external life where I tend to see myself in context with the world and I and I do think like that almost yeah. outside of time, and and I have had those thoughts, and and I've idealized certain people like my grandfather and so forth. I've mentioned a client of mine who I, I got to watch started with me from the time I was he was fifty five years old, and I knew him until he passed at eighty four, and he was just one of my life heroes. He was actually a, a an anthropologist and a social studies teacher just by choice. He he was from a family that had so much money, like he never had to work a day in his life. And yet he went into third world countries for 15 years to wow. teach underprivileged kids, poor kids, just, just for the sake of teaching kids. Then he came back here, took a role as a high school teacher, again, just to influence the next generation. He influenced me. I mean, like he yeah. is one of my heroes. And to see him with incredible intent decide who he was going to be throughout his entire life from 55 forward. It was just, it, it truly was almost divine in terms of like, this is how you live well, age well, and die well. Like he just lived that all the way through. And so, yeah, I, I think it helps. You you mentioned that it's helpful to be aware and think a little bit ahead. Um, 
because then you're not reactive. You're creating that future that you want. It's yeah, it's so easy to just go with the flow, right? And just kind of let things, you know, just they go, right? Like it's all of a sudden time starts to slip faster and faster. And yeah, you just, you have to be more aware of being more intentional. It seems like, like you just, yeah, because your perceptions are changing. Um, you know, life is happening a lot quicker. And it, yeah, I have found though, like, I have been now thinking about it a lot more as now, like, you know, I get into my mid thirties and, and really, I almost feel like for the first time, like start on taking on adulthood, you know, in, in my early to mid thirties. And yeah, it's, um, it, it's an important thing to definitely be aware of, but not to like, let yourself get lost in, in kind of that present moment. And like, you know, it's like plan the next five years ahead, but like work backwards and like, don't forget about what all these like small things you have to do in the moment so that you can get there. And so you can get there and say, I did live well. It's, it's that little fine balance of not getting caught up in one or the other. And the, the final point that I would make, bringing it back to our lives of aggressive health and intentional fitness is that as that person in my 20s and 30s who thought, man, it would be awful to ever not be doing this, but yet I've learned that your desires, your wants actually change. Um, it's almost more fun at this point. And, and I think somebody looking from the outside in would say, oh, that's cute. That's just kind of compensation and delusion and, again, death, anxiety, Um but it's really not because you can say, well, I've done that. I lived that. Like I did that for 30 years. That was fun. But I am having more fun doing more performance type sport things that I can now. And all of the energy and dedication I poured into that, I'm pouring into something else. And it's truly like a rebirth into just a new phase. And so it's not depressing or, you know, a, a, a sad state of of acknowledging dysfunction it's truly the opposite and i think you kind of have that one choice to make it's either going to be one or the other and if you can anticipate some of those things on the horizon like you said work back like that's who i want to be and you will make those decisions that make that reality in the future yep I, I had something really good to say, and then I just lost it. So, <laughs> come on, man, draw it back out. It's in there. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, it was it was something right there on the end too. Probably that... regarding your fresh kind of changing thoughts about bodybuilding and career. Well, I think it was you know the fun aspect of it, and I think that was something that you know I really hinged or like really kind of grabbed onto. It was like. All of a sudden, training and tracking and, you know, all everything became unfun all of a sudden. And I was like, what am I doing? If I'm not having fun, like, yeah, okay, there's always going to be boring parts. But it was like, a like, I don't even want to go to the gym anymore. Like, this is not fun. Like, having that stress over my head 24-7. And so I think that that's a very important thing that people, like, kind of tend to forget is that it's it's okay to make decisions if you're not having fun to go do something else that you are having fun. You're going to challenge yourself much more if you're enjoying the hard work than if you're not. So like give yourself permission to say no, if you're like, this is not fun. Huge point, man. That is a perfect way to end it, especially because again, you're leaning into the future. You're anticipating it. 
And if you're okay with those transitions, you can save yourself years of agony thinking, I just need to try harder. Like you said earlier, I'm just being lazy. No, it's just like, go find something that you truly want to pour your energy into. So awesome chat, man. I know this was kind of a weird esoteric topic, but I I think we got our points across. I know you did. So thank you, Tyler. And we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.